1: Work getting you down?
2: Unwind with us weeknights with uplifting, informative, and empowering programs. Joy 94.9. Good evening, Melbourne, and welcome into the Locker Room, your show for news, views, from a queer perspective. Smithy, my regular co-host, is in tonight. How are you, Smithy? Uh, I'm very well. It's great to be here. And
3: Sachin Tendulkar is playing his 100th and last test. He's quite tiny, isn't he? Yeah. What is he, like four foot four or what? Something like that. But he hit his first century when he was about 16. Jeez, how long has he been around? Like, I, I he's played for over twenty years now. International cricket,
2: twenty years.
3: Yeah, it's that's a long pretty time. Incredible, so special stuff.
2: He'll probably end up in one of those uh, Indian Premier Leagues, don't they? Sort of. I mean, Shane Warne's still playing Big Bash, and he's yeah. what forty-five or fifty. Or yeah, something? that's right.
3: And do you know his his mum is going to come and watch him play for the first time? Oh, really? Yeah, she's never come and watched him play an international game of cricket before.
2: Oh, that's crazy. That's a little bit like um, uh, the Williams sisters. Their mother doesn't really bother much now either. So, um, well, it's I just mean of...
3: all the time it's boring, I guess. I yeah, don't know. well,
2: that's what she said. She said she fell asleep during one of the grand finals. Smithy quickly run us through the exciting things we have on tonight. Um, we're going to talk to
3: Gilberto who's a community activist about some of the concerns of the local community about the 2014 World Cup and the 2016 Olympics which are both on Brazil. We're going to have a chat with Malcolm and Dane from Team Melbourne. They're going to fill us in on what's happening in the local sports scene in Melbourne over the summer. Uh, we're going to have a chat about A-League because Melbourne has two A-League teams. You know that, Rolly?
2: Victory and Heart, am yeah, I correct? that's yeah. right.
3: So if you're just out there wondering who you should support, we're going to get a couple of people in and they're going to tell us uh, why you should back their team. And making its other another stellar appearance is Smithy's Corner. We're going to have some editorial, plus the roundup and the usual. What coming up in this week in sport?
2: But now I think it's time, Rolly, for a roundup. What do you reckon, Smithy? Once the poster boy for Australian football, Lucas Neal is now being painted as a villain. Former socceroo... Uh... Robbie Slater on Tuesday said the 35, said the captain of the Socceroos is 35 years old. It's getting quite up there, isn't it? Um, the defender should be immediately stood down as the Australian captain and should rep- retire prior to the next World Cup. Slater slammed as disgraceful Neil's attempt to defend his position within the squad in his first media appearance since the coach was axed uh, after the 6 0 loss to France. So the coach just got them qualified for the World Cup. They've sacked him. Which yeah, is well, kind of incredible.
3: Two, two six-nil losses is pretty pretty brutal. Lucas Neal doesn't look 35. He looks quite young and vigorous, I think.
2: Oh, no, here we go. Uh, Lucas Neil's also, a be dis- calls been dismissed by goalkeeper Mark Bosnick uh, to quit the team. Kind of interesting, because Bosnick and uh, Neil are quite good friends. He's also questioned... Neil's also come out and questioned the passion of the next generation of Socceroos, saying, my question to the younger guys who want to play for Australia is, do you dream of paying for Australia? And if you do, show me the hunger and the desire... I think that's where we are lacking and our attitude towards our national team. So it looks like his impassioned speech actually worked this morning because Australia uh, took Canada down 3-0 down there in Fulham in London. So. Not known as a football
3: powerhouse, though. Well, Canada? Yeah.
2: Canada, anyway. All right, I'll move on from there. Smithy, what do you get when you put a kiwi and a snake in the same room? Obviously, Sonny Bill Williams. Very good. The duo duo international superstar showed an impressive turn of speed on Sunday night after a snake was discovered inside the New Zealand Rugby League World Cup's locker room in Sydney. An underwear-clad Williams was caught on camera bouncing off the massage table within uh, a metre of the long reptile, which was scooped up by his teammate and thrown in his his direction. Smithy. don't even think about throwing a snake in my direction tonight. All right? Uh, that's
3: right. I don't. I don't see when, when I see you running anywhere in your underwear, anyway. Sonny Bill Williams, on the other hand, I'm have to watch that video.
2: <laughs> other than dodging snakes this week, Sonny Bill has been criticised heavily uh, when he changed his mind and made himself unav- uh, made himself available for the Kiwis Rugby League World Cup title defence this month. Hours after initially ruling him out, so he was in, he was out. Uh, however, he has also set the record straight that he will be returning for the All Blacks in 2015 ahead of the World Cup. Uh, he's putting his boxing career on hold, and he'll also be in the New Zealand um, sevens team for the Rio 2016 Olympics did you know the uh, they were having sevens in the Olympics yeah it's absolutely it's it's, uh, it's a new sport to the Olympics that year
3: how great that yeah maybe we should take out rugby sevens another gold on New Zealand's telly eh there you go well it's fine it's about time we had a sport that New Zealand can win huh
2: yeah uh, strike and Tajikistan has had the power shut off at his home after storing two goals that knocked the local team out of the cup competition. Aytan Harba had a brace to knock FC Vankish out of the Tixishan Cup, <laughs> sorry about this, at the quarter-final stage, but his delight was soon over when he returned home. He walked a short distance to his home, which was in about uh, three or 400 metres of the stadium, to discover engineers uh, shutting off power supplies. The local mayor ordered the hot water and electricity to be shut off immediately at the strike. His home, with the official explanation being he had not paid his bills. Uh, once, once his team was actually knocked out five days later, somehow his power came back on. So that's what happens in Tajikistan when uh, you think you're uh, going to win a game and play lawfully.
3: I'm just impressed you managed to pronounce the name of that country three times consistently.
2: Well done, Rolly. Well, our producer, Adam, just said it's near the Starns, so just um, we were trying to figure out before whether it was near Afghanistan so or Kazakhstan. So if you actually know where it is, text us in on 0427 Joy949. Australia's cricket stars may have to th- rethink their celebrations after wicketkeeper Brad Haddon was almost blinded by teammate James Faulkner. I don't know if you've seen this on YouTube yet, Smithy. Having just dismissed Indian opener Shakwan Daywan caught behind during the ODI in India, Faulkner rushed down the wicket to celebrate with Haddon. However, as the glove man raised his hands to accept the joyous high five from his teammate, Faulkner completely misjudged his move and poked him straight in the eye. Uh, the Not much blo- is going
3: right for the Australian cricket team, is it? They can't even celebrate appropriately.
2: Well, it wasn't just a normal one. Haddon was actually blinded. He slumped to the ground and actually had to be taken off So for the rest of the game. So um, he's still in doubt for the next game. Uh, and of course... Um What's his name? Clark's not there. So um, the current captain is George Bailey, and he's basically said, how embarrassing is that? In rugby union, the last international rugby union team to visit Queenstown en route to Dunedin found itself in a boozy dwarf-throwing scandal that saw their skipper sacked in hot water with the Queen of England. Smithy, the Wallabies won't be following in the wobbly footsteps of England during the last World Cup, uh, with coach Ewan McGregor-Kenzie stressing to his team a stop in the Kiwi party town over the next two days will be strictly business. Australia, of course, Flew to Queenstown today ahead of Saturday's third Bledisloe Cup clash in nearby Dunedin, where they will be there on Friday. So what do you think, Smithy? Do you think the uh, How do you think the Wallabies are going to go against the All Blacks?
3: Well, I think if it's a party town, it's just as well they didn't bring James O'Connor, isn't it?
2: Well, all Kirtley Beale.
3: Yeah, that's right. The, the, only one of the three Amigos is going to be there. I, I don't think it's going to end very well for the, for the Wallabies. It hasn't been a season to remember. So I think you're going to enjoy the game, Rolly.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a good game down there in Dunedin. Uh, that was your round-up, and you're in the locker room on 94.9.
0: You can find more Joycasts and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au.
2: Smithy, as we head towards summer, it's that time to check in with Team Melbourne to see what's going on in the world of GLBTIQ sport. Team Melbourne is about encouraging members of our community to get active with a sport or recreation club, and of course, creating safe places for members and friends of the queer community to explore the opportunities offered by sport and recreation. Uh, we're joined in the studio tonight by President Malcolm Campbell. Hi, Malcolm, and welcome into the long room. So, uh what sports can people get involved in this summer? Hi, yes. Uh, Dane was also going to come today, but he sends his
4: apologies. Midsummer. Well, we've got a lot of things going on in Midsummer. We've got a sports day coming up yeah. as part of Midsummer. We, it'll be our third one. We had uh, the second one last year at Footscray and the first one the year before at South Yarra. And um, it's looking to be a really good day with uh, a lot of sports for come try it.
2: So uh, Midsummer is always a great event, and so you actually have a stall at the Midsummer Carnival. Uh,
4: actually, even better this year, oh. we're going to have a sports precinct.
2: A sports precinct. Yes, Midsummer Ooh. have um, how, Melbourne, how Melbourne is that? You know, it's uh, the sports. precinct Melbourne loves Melbourne. a good precinct, doesn't it? I know.
4: Yes. <laughs> yes, so there's going to be actually rather than just one stall with Team Melbourne and a couple of other stalls with some of the clubs, we're actually having a certain area close to the city with grass um, and stalls, and there will be demonstration things and there's also going to be a stage for sport um, which is a, a floor so you know volleyball can play on it or dancing can go on it or uh, badminton or something like that
2: Smithy we may need to do a live broadcast it sounds like so uh, put that in your diary <laughs> um, so it's not in Burrow this this year is it? It's no, across the... a- Alexandra Gardens. Oh it's going to be fantastic Yes. so in terms of sports that people could get involved in this summer mm-hmm. you know so we're moving into the summery times what are some of the things that people can consider so I think we talked last week, Smithy, about lawn bowls. That's under Team Melbourne now as well, isn't it?
4: Yes, yes. People can get involved in that. They can get involved in running, swimming any of those outdoorsy, beachy sports.
3: (laughs) Oh, great. Fantastic. I remember at last year's Sports Day, there was meant to be a demonstration of AFL 9s and I was going to be excited about AFL getting into the gay sports community, but is that sort of something on the agenda again? It is and yes, um, the AFL let us down with that, so
4: we were lucky to have what we had, which was um, Jason Ball was there and he kind of took it over just at the last minute because the AFL said to us on the Friday, oh, we can't come now. So um, we're looking at having something like that as well this year, definitely.
2: So we've got anybody from the AFL listening, we're looking for the AFL nines this year and uh, to show it up. I actually don't, what is it, just AFL with nine players? Is that... Yeah, yeah is it? On, oh, a, okay. on
4: a kind of uh, soccer pitch kind of thing. Yeah, with, the, with, the full like
2: with the full 200 metre MCG ground? Or no, no, have they no, they reduced it a bit? No, it's and, and, and it's so like touch, so
3: there's no tackling,
2: but if you touch, you've got to dispose of the ball. Ooh, I might yeah. be all right so like like at I'm, I'm pretty good at touch. Um, <laughs> so, Malcolm, you your annual general meeting is coming up so what's going to be happening at that and and do you want people to start getting involved or you've got to be a member or what's the scope there? All of the above yes, Um, you've done your homework For a change
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the annual general meeting is um, the second Monday of November at 6.30 at the Peter Knight Centre in Claremont Street, South Yarra and so we encourage people to come along. Uh, You can't vote unless your club is a member or you're an individual member but uh, come along and be involved and we also are going to talk about our sports day, planning for it, and for the Midsummer Sports Precinct. So okay. we're encouraging clubs and individuals to come along.
2: So you'll be uh, nominating again for president, I assume, at AGM? Uh, yes. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> this, All this, right. this is a kick-off so, of the campaign. This is a kick-off of the campaign, so uh, vote Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> no, preference number one. Uh, so with uh, Team Melbourne, I suppose there's some local events coming up very soon, I, I, I assume, so uh, yes, what, have, yes. what have we got coming up? So we've just had the Pride tournament for soccer which me and Smithy attended. Yes.
4: What is there anything else happening in that world? Certainly is um the Spikers trivia night. Um, that's a volleyball team on the 16th of November. That's Lorraine Little, isn't it? Uh, and her gang. Yes. Yeah, we like, love okay. the Spikers. Yes. Um, that's I think at the North Fitzroy Bowls Club. I've been to one awesome. of those before. It's quite fun. Yeah. Um, it's kind of uh, um, what am I trying to say it's part of the grand slam of trivia nights is what I was trying to say uh,
2: so uh, Smithy took out the prize last time didn't you at the uh, yeah the at Argenau, the, the, trivia at the I was going to say the smash. my team
4: came second yeah, well, uh, we, were the Brides- we named our team always the Bridesmaids because we always come second yeah it, was that, it came down to that last tiebreaker didn't it oh I should have done it devastated <laughs> aren't you I was because I was up the back buying my auction prize and I should have got up there because I knew there were lots of constituencies
3: in Britain yeah,
2: well, <laughs> I, I, knew
3: the, I knew the answer too
2: yeah, yeah that's true. anyway anyway um, so going across the... Well, it's not quite the... You do cross the Murray to get into Adelaide, don't you, Smithy? I'm you sure certainly, you do. Do. certainly so do. what's happening across... You're sort of going where I mean, I'm going you know, with this. I mean,
3: normally across the Murray is New South Wales, but, you know. All right. Well, yes. we, um, Well, we have uh, Midsummer
4: here. In Adelaide, they have Feast, which is from the 9th to the 23rd of November. And there's a couple of sports comps there, the same-sex dancing and the 10-pin, and of course the ever-popular volleyball tournament. Adelaide's quite strong in volleyball.
2: So we've got 10-pin bowling here, have we? Yes. And the, whereabouts
4: is that? The 69ers at Moorabbin. Oh, that's a great name. <laughs> it is I fantastic. love that. Oh, they win.
2: Moorabbin? Oh, that's all we way down the Penn Highway, isn't it? Oh, uh, it's not that far. Is it? Well, no, oh, yeah. It's is hard. there yeah. a train that goes there? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, maybe, maybe I Maybe can make my way down there. Uh, we always spruiking the international events, because me and Smithy always like a bit of travel. I think last time we went, oh no, you never made it to Manchester. No, um, so we'll have to drag you somewhere else. So The next two big international events on the gay calendar are...
4: The third Asia-Pacific Out Games, which are in Darwin next
3: May. Which is almost international. Yes. Oh, it is. It is. It It feels like a foreign country when you go to Darwin. uh, It costs a lot to stay (laughs) there. (laughs) No, it's just very different. It's not like any other Australian city. It's a beautiful city. It's
4: true. I've been there once, and uh, so I I kind of know where everything is. So it's good to have been there at least once. And then, of course, next August are the ninth gay games in Cleveland and Akron, Ohio, USA. Oh. Akron, Ohio. I
2: know. Mm. That's the week bout and they're the ones that got Obama into... Um, it's the bellwether sports. I was going to say parliament, but, you know, oh, the bellwether. There we go. Yeah.
3: Um, <laughs> and, and if people were thinking about a trip to Darwin, what kind of sports can they get involved with? Oh, there's actually,
4: um, I think, about 20 sports, actually. It's it's quite a, a wide variety. All the ones we've got here in Melbourne and some more. There's a one that's of interest called the Aquathon. It's swimming and running. I'm
2: um, uh, not in, sure about that. In yeah, the Crocodile Crocodile proof I'm swimming uh, Sort of rubber sausages (laughs) Just sort of paddle That's just you Rolly Now (laughs) I'm still trying to talk Smithy into coming up to Darwin With me to do touch rugby So um, actually if you are listening Give us a text on 0427 Join on 49 If you're interested in coming to Darwin And joining the locker room up there Smithy you're looking puzzled But you are coming And you're going to come and play Touch with me in Darwin I just don't know when I wasn't convinced Oh, so you are coming? Absolutely. All right. Bring so your
3: sunscreen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Super triple strength sunscreen, sweat resistant sunscreen, <laughs> That's the whole right. lot.
2: Thanks, Malcolm. That's uh, right. So Malcolm, tell us, how do people get involved in Timas? You were talking about individual members. Yes. So what do they need to do? Well, they need to go
4: to our website, uh, mm. au and they can join up as a member. Uh, we've got uh, our recent uh, newest member is um, the VU, which is Victoria Uni St. Albans Spurs. They're. Um, women's AFL
2: Victoria Uni St Albans Oh because there is A Victoria Uni At mm. St Albans And what do they do Sorry uh, Play Aussie rules Help. You know, you know that, that Funny game I took you to once Aerial yeah. ping pong Yeah, yeah. that's right. All right, yeah. right So if you want to Play aerial ping pong And you're in the Oh here we go If you're west of The Maribyrnong I like how I use My geography with rivers mm. uh, If you're west of The Maribyrnong You want to play Some AFL Maybe some nines I'm Well, It's, wi- do some it's women only Actually Women only Okay yeah. that's fine I don't think uh, Smithy maybe we Could give them Some tips Maybe we could go. You oh, can put on a fry. I they'll know. Much more about it than me. <laughs> um, but other than that, no, that's really, really good news. All right. So, and if you want to get involved in Team Melbourne, they've got their AGM coming up. Have a look on the website. Get involved, mm. uh, and of course, vote for Malcolm. <laughs> um, so, thanks for coming into the studio tonight, Malcolm. You're in the locker room on Joy ninety four point nine.
5: Made in Melbourne
0: for Australia and the world. Joy ninety four point nine.
2: Where we're going next, Smithy, we're going right across the Pacific. Uh, we're, look, we've been talking to, well, I caught up with Gilberto uh, with regards to some of the uh, the conflicts that have been happening in Brazil recently over the 2014 uh, World Cup and, of course, the 2016 Rio Olympics. So there's been a number of conflicts going on, and uh, I caught up with Gilberto earlier this week, and uh, let's take a listen.
5: Uh, hi, Mark. Thanks. So to begin with, Brazil is the world's uh, fifth largest country by both geographical area and by population. And our population is estimated in about 193 million people. And our nation's income is the seventh in the world. 10% of the richest people, they take over 42.7% of the whole uh, nation's income. And the other 80% takes care of the rest. 10%. Of these poorest people, they receive 1.2 percent of the income. So we have about 19 million something people living below misery. You know, so they really like they eat or uh, they eat off uh, rubbish. They don't have a a place to live. It's a really uh, degrading situation. Lack of sanitation, lack of water, starvation is just commonplace in those areas. You know. But the contradictory points are if you go to Sao Paulo, Rio de Janeiro, and part of the South, the real estate market, some apartments, the square meter is about 22,000 reais. So compare minimum salary, 678 reais. A 100 meter apartment, 2,200,000. Because of the 10% richest people, I told you they get the 42% of the, the nation's income. So it's re- really badly divided, you know.
2: So this strong inequality between the richest and the poorest. Well, why on earth would Brazil want to be holding the Olympics? Why aren't they spending the money on the the poorest?
5: Exactly. When we people heard that the World Cup was coming, we thought, that like the government would really invest in getting everything working better. You know, uh, uh, public transport infrastructure, so like we would host the World Cup show. The rest of the world that we could do it and together with that we would have a better service for ourselves a, a larger number of buses larger number of subway stations and everything but it didn't happen that way so education is a big issue in Brazil the number of public schools overcrowded classes low quality teachers you know it's been really really bad our transport and infrastructure as I said uh you understand about traffic congestion don't you mark
2: yes yeah, we've got it pretty bad here in melbourne
5: i know have you heard how what it is like in St. Paulo? no it's about 200 kilometers a day morning and afternoon 200k's 200k uh, daily if i start on violence i'm going to take you for about two hours just complaining about <laughs> how dangerous the country has been getting you know yeah. with like heinous crimes uh, they're just commonplace the other day uh, two robbers tried to uh, they 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 broke into a dentist's office and they set the dentist's car on fire because she didn't have because she only had 30 reais in her pocket you know Jeez. it's just like it's insane
2: well, I understand that, that Brazil has 50,000 murders a year compared to Australia's 268. Now, even though the population of Brazil is 200 million and the population of Australia is. Uh, it's t- not
5: an excuse, though. Even no. though the population is way higher, like I read, it's just like it's ridiculous, you know? Mm. But that's because impunity is a big issue. Like. Uh, the, the the criminal system was written I don't know 50 60 years ago and it's so unfit for nowadays reality. You know we lacking number of prisons and even though when when, when robbers go to prison the, the 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 prison system doesn't teach them anything in order for them to improve. They actually it's it's a, it's a criminal crime graduation for them because they got locked up. Just talking about what you are going to do when
2: they leave. I've seen photos uh, of I've seen photos of brand new ambulances sitting in sheds, not being used. Is that is that correct? That's exactly what you see,
5: but yeah, that, that's how it is.
2: From a Brazilian's point of view, so it's not that you're anti the Olympics or or having the World Cup. It's probably a good thing. What you're anti is, I suppose, the wasted money and not getting the facilities that that, that was promised. That's
5: exactly what it is.
2: I mean, one of the things with young people that we hear, people under the age of 30 in most countries around the world, uh, is not being able to get a lot of opportunities because of the global financial crisis. Is that the same case in Brazil? Are are young people getting trained up? Are they getting apprenticeships? Are they getting jobs on these Olympic sites?
5: These teenagers, they are going out there and complaining about everything. It's just like about the whole thing together, you know. We have, like, so many scandals, you know, Have you heard of Meng Salão? No. It's a a monthly payment the government makes to other politicians from other parties in order to get get support and to help them in whatever interest they have. Uh, 25 politicians were charged into this very big scandal that has been happening in Brazil for the past year and two. 25 politicians were taken to court and found guilty. None has been sent to jail. Some of them were just transfers from states and parties. So they're still working, even though they were found guilty. So about the World Cup, right? It's calculated that Brazil has spent 28 billion reais. It cost in South Africa 7.3 billion in 2010. When our real needs, education, transport, infrastructure, uh, security, they, 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 they just like walked away from it. Uh, everything is being uh, is being done at the last minute because it costs more and it's easier for for construction companies and politicians to embezzle money. FIFA's uh, president, they, he was really irritated on how slow things happening here. Mm. And to end up on the worldwide famous 20 cents, you heard of that, don't you?
2: What's that? The
5: 20 the 20 cents. Is that like after all these scandals and it was a, really put in a nutshell for you know everything that has been happening, the corruption and everything. So when we were really tired, the government came public and said, "Oh, we need to have an increase of 20% on transport because we don't have enough money to keep on uh, uh, to keep the transport running." Yeah. So that, it was the last straw, you know. So that's how the process started out.
2: So the last straw, or the, the straw that broke the camel's back, was the 20% increase to the bus fares. So,
5: yeah, like, uh, the government has robbed, deviated, you know, like, stole a lot of money, things don't work. They, they just, like, it's even, it's even funny. But then they come public and say, yeah, we need a 20 cents uh, cent increase because we can't uh, afford to give you good transport uh, with the money that we had." So people go mad, people go angry. Then while, well, they went out on the streets. Uh, so the protest actually is a consequence of of all that has happened. You know, mm. uh, the people want to say that they had enough. They they want to say that they want things to change, and it was too much obscene corruption over those years, and it was the, it was a proper daylight robbery. You know, people were like, no, we can't have it anymore.
2: I don't know. So in 2014, with the Soccer World Cup on, and with the world's eyes again on Brazil, do you think the protest will will maybe reignite?
5: Well, uh, I think the, the event itself will really grab the attention of Brazilians because we're passionate about football, right you now. Hmm. But I don't know, like this, like from now up to 2014, uh, let's see how things will happen. If at least the politicians are less uh audacious in what they do and we have like some improvements i think it'll be fine because honestly uh, i think brazil wants to host it brazil wants but uh, people to come over we are a friendly country we love you know like uh, getting in touch with foreigners and stuff i think like the events and the, the, the thing itself will be lovely but i think like for that to happen at least like health education and security it has to be
2: taken care of no that's exactly right gibberto thanks so much for joining us on the locker room tonight on joy
5: 94.9
0: joy 94.9 is a GLBTIQ community radio station in melbourne australia support joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au
3: you're in the locker room on joy 94.9 Rolly, we're going to talk a bit more about football, but this time of the more local variety.
2: So we're talking soccer, though. Yeah, we are talking and soccer. And you're going to call it football? Well, I think I now mean, we make can call the football. call. Now you're going to call it football. Well, let's call it football for All the purposes right, of this story. Let's run with it. So when we talk football, we're talking soccer. Yeah, we're talking the
3: A League, and that's Australia's professional football league that kicked off on the weekend. Uh, we had the local derby here in Melbourne between our own two teams, the Melbourne Victory and the Melbourne Heart, and it was in front of forty-five thousand fans.
2: Geez, that'd be nearly a sellout at EDR, wouldn't
3: it? Yeah, that's right. So a big, big game, but as a showpiece, it was a bit of a flop. Um, it was a nil-all draw. Um, apparently, that's quite common in, in football, in the round ball game. So we shouldn't get too
2: down the on n- that. nil-all's pretty good, though, isn't it? If, I mean, for, two, for, two, for a local derby, you usually see one of the teams take it out, usually. You'd like to see a goal or two, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, that's exactly now, Let's
3: right. ask our guests, um, because those of you who are maybe deciding who you should back in this sporting landscape, uh, we've got Aaron Zonetti. He's a Melbourne Victory fan. And we've got David Unwin. He's a Melbourne heart diehard. So welcome, boys. Aaron, we'll start with you. Um, The victory were a foundation club of the A League's first season about 10 years ago. What made you hop on board?
1: I've always been a a football fan, uh, heavily involved playing uh, and as a fan. Um, So I jumped on board. I was an old South Melbourne fan in the NSL, Um, and you know football's just the game for me that sort of brings me um, together with my mates. so I can go and sort of have an, an outlet to
2: to celebrate what I love, which is football with my mates and have a few beers. Aaron generally with a sports team we usually see them you know with a geographical boundary however I can't really see victory has one mm. other than Melbourne but then Hearts Melbourne so is there a bit of a bit of a boundary you guys say so you might take Moorabbin and we'll give you guys Mentone and we'll take mm. Sandrium and we'll chuck Dandenong out the side is there anything no like there's that? not and uh, I think that's one of the faults with the, the Melbourne
1: Heart as a club itself you see with we- Western Sydney, they came oh, sorry, in. Sorry,
2: you just took a dig at Melbourne Heart, was he that did. right? Okay. The okay. Trash talk started early. That's all right. right. That so... don't stand
1: for much. Melbourne Heart. Okay, uh, so you have a club victory. Who came in and they were, you know, to unite all of Melbourne to get behind one football club. So you had, uh, you know, the, the NSL clubs who were supported by um, ethnic minority groups, predominantly. One club would be Italian, one club would be Greek. Victory brought them all together. Same happened in Sydney with Sydney FC, uh, but then their second club that came in was Western Sydney. They defined themselves. Uh, you know in a geographic area and they've been able to uh, you know capture so many fans because of that whereas the heart they're just another victory. Uh, so if you're already a victory fan then there's no reason to switch to the heart or if you are a, a massive football fan, um, then you'd go for the bigger club which is victory. So
2: maybe Hart needs to go and base themselves out at Ringwood. I think if they went out there, there's a huge supporter base out at Ringwood, I'm telling you. The Trelgan Hart. How does that sound to you, David? No, not at all. No no good at all. What what, what, what
3: got you on board? The Hart. Why why aren't you a Victory fan? Well, it was funny actually listening to what Aaron had to say because
6: uh, I can actually relate to a lot of that as to why I'm a Hart fan and why I bought a membership for the first time ever supporting any sporting club this year. Mm. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a first-time Hart member, and uh, it really is about celebrating um, friendship, having a beer, going to a game, just enjoying yourself with your mates. And that's what got me into going to the soccer. I had a friend who was a Heart fan, and uh, he invited me along to a game. Uh, I think he, he actually was a Victory fan to begin with because they were the only Melbourne team, but he got a little bit disenfranchised with Victory. It was a case of all the different ethnic minorities getting together and... Blah blah blah, and it didn't really work that well, is what, what I, I understand it. And uh, when Hart came along, he jumped, co- he jumped
2: teams. Ooh. So um, it's quite, quite. Yeah, it's not the first time we've heard someone jumping a team. But um, what about? I suppose are there any? There were some troubles last year with the flares and the burning of seats. Is that? Is that going to happen this year? Was it very isolated? Or why is it? so much about soccer, you know, why don't we sit in AFL or other sports? Why, why is it sort of at soccer?
6: I can't answer why is it at soccer, but when you look at the number of people that were involved in that incident, I understand it to be 50 to 100 people at the most, hmm. and with a heart membership at a game, say 14,000 people, you do the sums. You end up with less than one percent troublemakers.
2: Yeah. Aaron, have you got a view on that? Aaron's got
6: yeah,
1: the answer. I, I think. do have a view on that. Um, I, I was probably, you know, up until very recently, a part of the group with, that would partake in those type of activities. Oh, um, police well. aren't listening to this show, so you're all right. <laughs> no, not that I ever. <laughs> no flares a flare in ...or something that. <laughs> like that. But the groups that I was a part oh, of, you know, they did those outside. kind of things and. People in Australia see flares as something that are violent, but let's not forget what they've been invented for, and that was to save lives. So, if, if flares lit in the water to, to, to tell where the <laughs> boat don't know where you are, going with this Aaron, all right, oh, so I, I've got a life. point. I've all got right. a point, but you know, so so that's the reason why we have flares. But it's just a colour; it's just displaying colour at the match. Um, if you go to Italy or Spain, then you know, constantly flares are, are lit, as a you know, just to show a passion for the club. Problem is here, the media, um, Herald Sun, News, those type of things which have vested interests in the AFL, they've bought... the rights for the TV that cost them a lot of money. They have to try and portray soccer as something that's always going to be a minority sport, um, that's always going to attract troublemakers. I'm not doubting that there's, you know, one or two people who do that. But if you look at the facts, um, the amount of people who are arrested at a cricket match compared to a a football match, you'll see that there's probably about five or six at a football match to 200 um, at a cricket match. It's just media perception. um, And it's a shame that people, you know, believe the media when, you know, it's not necessarily the truth. And so because we're on the locker room, we sort of have to ask this question as well. Do
3: you think that football is a sport as a spectator that's inclusive for a gay and lesbian following?
1: Uh, yeah, for me, yeah. So I, you know, as I said, I've been part of those groups that you know, pretty active. Um, and I, I, I wasn't out when I um, first supported the victory, when victory came about. So and victory
2: um, may have brought you out, you say? Uh,
1: well, I have to admit that I, I, it was oh, an away match go. in Adelaide oh. where I came out at a, a, a very um, alcohol-infused night at a place called HQ. Yeah. Uh, so my mates... Is that the over road from, from the bus, show,
2: bus station, I think, HQ? <laughs>
1: Uh, so, you know, I, I came out with, uh, you know, in front of my mates from from the football. There's a group of about 20 of us who are pretty tight. Um, so that was, the, they were the first people I, I told. Um, and uh, from then I've had a couple of others in that group come up to me and say, look, I'm, you know, I've got, you know, I'm the same as you. And I've said, look, this is how you should deal with it. Just be honest. Um, the boys will all be supportive. And, um, you know, none of us have lost any friends out of it. It's a really tight knit supportive group.
3: What about you, Dave? Has the heart got a bit of a gay following?
6: Uh, look, uh, me and my friends, we're probably a, a growing group of gays following the heart, so yeah.
2: Oh, there you go. Well, they've got the. Collingwood's got the pink magpies. Yep. Maybe the heart could have. Um, the pink hearts. The pink hearts. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, maybe. Well, interestingly,
6: the heart is actually based uh, at La Trobe Uni, and I know that La Trobe Uni is heavily involved with
2: the gay and lesbian community as well. Well,. Well, Latrobe Uni as well. Um, so we can't uh, finish the discussion without a bit of uh, trash talk. So Dave, tell us, or David, tell us why somebody should go for the heart rather than victory. We're going to give you, we've got 30 seconds. You've got 30 seconds to give us the marketing spiel.
6: Okay, great. Well, just take a look at last week's game. We had how many yellow cards get issued to victory players. They were playing dirty. Uh, Harry Kuehl is now on our team. Mm. They're dirty about that because he's jumped teams, and he's one of the best players in the game. Uh, He got a backhand or an elbow to the forehead, so they're dirty players, that's what it is.
2: All right, I'm gonna give you a six out of 10. It was a little bit Tony Abbott, a little bit negative. I want to hear more Repent positive. Repent I, says Tony Yeah look I want a little bit more Bill Shorten over here I want a little bit more positivity I want you know why should I come to uh, uh, well, and see that? there the difference between me and Bill Shorten is I can say my THs but uh, uh, <laughs> um, that's,
1: that's one difference but why should people come to Melbourne Victory uh, we're the biggest club we're the most successful club in the league uh, we have the best manager who's probably going to be taken by the Socceroos so that just shows how professional the club is Melbourne Heart are a team um, a following of about 10,000 people if you want to go to to Big matches where there's a lot of atmosphere, a lot of passion, you have to get to the victory because that's the only place you'll see it in Victor- it, 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 not only Victoria but probably Australia.
2: Well, our producer just held up a big sign and it says 8 out of 10 for that. So. It looks like you win.
3: I don't know. I, I'm inclined to back the idea that you go for the underdog. But maybe that's just because I'm a North Melbourne supporter. Really? I'm used to going to games and no one turns up.
2: I Yeah, I suppose I sort of support that. What I would like you guys to do is get together. Maybe Hart, you take south of the Yarra. Maybe Victory, you take north of the Yarra. And then we can have that Yarra the fight. You know, mm-hmm. we can stand on each of the banks at Yarra Bend Park and we can throw rocks and flares and kick balls and do whatever you need to do. And then we've got a geographical boundary. So sort it out, guys, please. That's uh, the lock. You're in the locker room on Joy 94.9.
0: You can find more Joycasts and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au.
2: That was kind of interesting chat. I wasn't expecting sort of well-rounded individuals from soccer, to be honest. I was expecting a a flare or two, a little bit of foul language. We had Adam, the producer, on the button ready to mute them in case they said something uh, incorrect. No, they're they're both kind of...
3: You know, pretty thoughtful kind of guys, aren't they?
2: Hmm.
3: So coming out, coming out to all your mates after a few beers after the soccer
2: nets—that's pretty special stuff, I reckon. That's a great story. So if you are thinking about coming out, maybe attend a victory game. That may give you the motivation to do it. Of course, after a couple of uh, VBs, Smithy, uh, it's Smithy's corner this week. So what have you got for us? Look, I want to talk about coach sacking. Oh, yes.
3: Because we've seen a spate of it this year. In fact, you know Australia probably has three big national sporting teams, the, the cricket team, the Wallabies in Rugby Union, um, and the, the Socceroos in, in the round ball game. And we've managed to sack all three of our national coaches this year.
2: Well, if they don't stand up to the job, get rid of them, isn't it?
3: Well, there's a bit of a common theme to this. It's not really about whether they're competent to do, to do the job or not, but they're all being held accountable for failings in the team culture. So we had Mickey Arthur. He was sacked as the cricket coach. And that was over the whole idea when he tried to get the players to do some homework and write down, you know, whether the the way they could better contribute to the team. And some of them didn't do it. He stood some of the players down, including Shane Watson. The players backed Shane Watson, basically, and turned on the coach. And he was sacked for trying to influence the team's culture.
2: Yeah, but he was an Australian. I mean, that, he was that's, African. That, that's the problem, is so that, that, That's I where mean, they, they went wrong, they, maybe. Uh, if you're not an Australian, you can't coach an Australian
3: team. Well, maybe that's the other common theme because the other two coaches to be sacked, of course, was the Wallabies coach, Robbie Dean. Kiwi. Kiwi. Um, and Holger Osiek, German, who was sacked as the coach of the Socceroos just the other day.
2: We need Aussies. We, we need, need to get Aussies. Aussies in these
3: roles. Maybe that's the common theme. But look, R- R- Robbie Deans was accused of not dealing with the cultural issues within the Wallabies. You know, he had the three amigos, uh, the three bad boys: Kurtley Beale, James O'Connor, and Quade Cooper, who were up to no good. You know, O'Connor going a wall at the announcement of the World Cup squad. Cooper going on Twitter and criticising the coach and Kirley Beale punching his teammate on a bus and then turning up at Hungry Jacks with James O'Connor at four a.m.
2: Jeez, nothing like and, A. M. And it was it was, that,
3: it was said that it was said that
2: Robbie Deans didn't do anything about that. But and isn't now, it up to the coach to get rid of those players? Well, I I mean, if you keep them in and they still keep causing trouble, isn't it a bit like a teacher in a classroom? Look, just get them out of there. If you keep them in, well, you'll expect bad behaviour.
3: Well, this is my point. I wonder when the players themselves are going to take ownership of their culture. Why is it up to the coach all the time to actually enforce the team's set of values? Why shouldn't that be the players themselves agreeing on what they want their culture to be and what they want their values to be? I mean, when you think about what a coach does, a coach should be, You know, helping the players with their technical skills, so making sure they actually can execute the skills of the game. They should be providing them with a strategy to execute on the field and they should be selecting the team and they should be working out like what their game day is going to look like. I reckon if you want inspiration, if you want values, if you want culture, then your coach is just one of a number of people who should take responsibility for that. And this idea that you sack a coach because the culture's not right or because they're not dealing with the cultural issues. I mean, what players get sacked for that reason? The players have to be really, really, really bad before we even countenance that.
2: Well, maybe that's where, you know, you need to keep someone like a Lucas Neal, even though he's 35, you know, let's keep him until he's 37, 38. He may have that that leadership ability, that older, that mature. Maybe that's what, you know, maybe it's the captain who's got to take on the culture responsibility and the coach is really there for the skill set.
3: Well, that's what I think. And look, I think, you know, this idea that, you know, we've, oh good, we've sacked the coach and we've dealt with the cultural issues. I mean, the same players who cause the cultural issues are there. And in fact, if they were causing the problem, the fact that their role in has been validated, we've basically said, you did all these things, but don't worry, you aren't responsible because the coach is someone that we're going to hold responsible for that behavior. So I think it sends all the wrong messages.
2: Yeah, but I mean, as a leader of an organization, whether you're the principal of a school or the leader of, or the CEO of Telstra, it is about you setting the culture for that organisation is it not the same as the co- coach setting you can't really just say oh no well it's up to the players and the, and the captain to set the culture D- isn't the leader you've been selected as the leader the person that's going to take this team forward it's really up to the coach to uh, to set that culture well
3: let's have a have a look at what um, Holger Osik said after the game in Paris because he was asked um, if the players were behind him this is immediately after the game just before he was sacked and what he said is what is behind? It doesn't matter. They have to perform. That's what's required in the game. Other than that, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't count. So he's saying, I'm not here to promote a set of values or to ask the players to back me. I'm here to see that they perform. If the players want to have a set of values or a culture, that's that's their bag. That's He's actually saying, I'm not here to do that for them. So I just wonder if we're maybe setting up our coaches to fail, that that the idea that they can influence the culture of these teams off their own bat is just nonsense, and that the
2: players themselves have to take ownership of their
3: culture and their team spirit and their team dynamic.
2: I wonder then with the English system where they have a manager and a coach... Maybe that's the issue here, is that Holgar sees themselves as as a coach when really the the Socceroos need a manager, someone who's going to go in there and set the culture and set the young players on fire. They could kick up the backside, I think.
0: It's Australia's own New Zealander, Cal Wilson here, and you are listening to Joy 94.9. I may end up speaking
2: like a Kiwi now that Cal Wilson's been on, so apologies, Smithy. I'll try and um, stretch out my vowels. So what have we got on this week in sport? We've got the Wallabies uh, versus the All Blacks in Dunedin. And uh, what have we got down in Phillip Island?
3: Uh, We've got the Australian MotoGP. So two-time world champion Casey Stoner is going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame as a MotoGP legend. I didn't even think he rode motorbikes anymore. He doesn't.
2: That's why he's going to be a legend. Oh. <laughs> have you been down to Phillip Island? No, I've not been to the racetrack, no. No, but you've been down there to see the penguins? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's All quite right. an event, apparently. All right. Well, maybe we'll head down the South Gippsland Highway and, and have a look. Uh, we've also got, uh, hosted as part of the Australian Physiotherapy Association, New Moves Conference. Weekend Warriors is a free public event that aims to examine and teach the ins and outs of fitness. Uh, it is being led by some of the top names in physiotherapy. There'll be guest appearances, AFL and Olympic athletes, features, workshops, presentations. Uh, so if you're into that whole sort of uh, physiotherapy and um, celebrities, then get down there to uh, new moves. Time to hit the showers, Rolly. Oh, so sad. All right, we'll catch you next week, Smithy. See ya.
0: is a GLBTIQ community radio station in Melbourne, Australia. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.